Justine, 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 3-0 and o in a limbs, putting up some numbers. Plus, Tyson and Sarah begin their Cold War. Leo overcomes childhood trauma. David steps into the spotlight. Desi proves her strategic smarts. Kira is sick. Shannon is injured. A wild daily challenge is played. And Enza will not jump even if it means his life in the game. It's the Challenge USA Episode 6 recap coming up right now. What up, my fellow challenge lovers? Welcome to the Challenge Historian, where we dive deep into all things the challenge, past, present, or future. If it's happening in the challenge universe, then we are here to document it. I am your host and dedicated challenge historian, Jacob Hollibaugh. Thank you so very, very much for being here with me today. On today's pod, we're talking all things Episode 6, Challenge USA, another fantastic episode, maybe one of the best of the season, a lot going down, lots of people's game lives on the line, a lot of suspense, some really good challenges, everything about it, fan-fantastic. So with that, a lot to get to, quick programming notes before we dive in. Earlier this week, we posted the Inferno 3 full season rewatch and recap, part of the 2022 Challenge Series rewatch series. It's a lot of words to say at once. I think I doubled up there. Anyways, the Inferno 3, that pod is up and available if you want to listen to that. And we will be moving on to this Friday. Uh, we will be doing the Gauntlet 3, so two rewatches in one week. Before we then take a slight break from the rewatch series for a couple of weeks, I will be heading out on a uh, vacation for a couple of weeks here, two to three week long vacation where I will be doing some work and putting out some content. Of course, we will be continuing the Challenge USA recaps every week. So these will be here every Wednesday night, Thursday morning for you, no matter vacation, at home, anything going on. Those will always be coming out. But the rewatch series itself will put on a brief pause, but in its place, we'll be going back and talking about a couple specific cast members uh, from these first 15 seasons, talking about some different things from the first 15 seasons. Now that we're 15 in, there's a lot to cover within those early, early days of the show. And while we've covered... A heck of a lot of it, one by one, every single season that we've went through now, we can turn our focus a little bit more to specific players, their careers, their impacts. So we're going to do a few career retrospectives, if you will, on a few of the most important players from those first 15 seasons before then jumping back into the rewatch series a few weeks down the line. So there will be a lot coming out. It will just be a little bit different here for the next week or two while I try to mix mix working in on this stuff with some vacation time for myself but no matter what you will be getting these usa recaps so just hit that follow subscribe button wherever you are listening and then no matter what comes out and when it comes out you will be getting it right there in your feed and alerted to it thank you so much for being here Loved hearing all the comments we've been getting on that rewatch series. If you have anything you'd want to see added to those podcasts or changed about them or anything at all, just want to banner about the challenge, as always, hit me up at Challenge Historian on Instagram and let's chat. With that, let's dive into episode six of Challenge USA. As always, we got Cliff Notes recap. We got a couple storylines to hit. We've got some awards to give out and some predictions to make. Let's go. 
Another action-packed, plot-heavy episode of The Challenge. You know I've got you covered. We'll refresh everything you just watched here with our Cliff Notes recap. Everything that happened plot-wise in Episode 6, Challenge USA, as quickly as we can. Here we go in 3, 2, 1, and we are off. New partners are in. Tyson and Kira, Ben and Sarah, David and Desi, Leo and Kayla, Danny and Alyssa, Derek and Shannon, Kylan, Cache, Dominic and Angela, Enzo and Justine. This means the perfect algorithm is now officially doubling up as Angela asks, hey, me and Dominic have been partners before and TJ says, yeah, and your partners again. Back at the house, clear tension between Tyson and Sarah slash Ben. It's Thick. Everyone's talking about it, including all three of them. We also get some bro time for Enzo and David to talk lay and low. A conversation between Cache and Sarah, where Cache throws Tyson under the bus, and then we are off to the daily challenge. It's called containment. Swim out, climb up a ladder, and cross 40-foot shipping containers, memorizing some symbols along the way. Swing to a platform to use those symbols to get a key. Take that key to land, solve a math problem, end your time. Fastest done wins. Slowest or first to DQ goes straight to elimination. The first two teams get off to great starts, except for Sarah and Ben, who are the only ones who have to swim and climb a second time after getting their math problem wrong. They are bailed out, though, by two teams who fail to complete the whole thing. Tyson and Kira, who takes a horrible fall before giving up, and Justine and Enzo, who won't try the swing at all, which leads to them going into the arena. On the winning side, in the close race, it's Desi and Danny who pulled out and get the win. Back at the house, all the conversations are had. David and Desi with Enzo and Justine. David and Desi solo. Sarah and Kayla, who has now went from Team Tyson last week to Team Sarah this week, I guess. Tyson and Angela, and most notably, Derek and Shannon, who is trying to hide an injury she suffered at the Daily Inn. Justine and Kira, who is trying to hide that she is super sick and can't stop vomiting. To the arena we go, and Desi and David announce they will be putting in Derek and Shannon due to Shannon's possible injury and not wanting to be the first winners to take shots at other winners. TJ explains Enzo and Justine and Derek and Shannon will be moving 60 tires each from one side of the arena to the other and restacking them on a platform. But after a fake-out start, he tells them first they have to spell eat a two words backwards per team or else give their opponent a five-tire advantage. Justine slips up. Everyone else gets their word. So Derek and Shannon get a five-tire lead to start this elimination. The match is intense. Shannon fights through her injury with a whole lot of grit. Strategy ends up playing a huge role as Derek and Shannon stack all their tires high and up front on their platform, leading to many falls, while Enzo and Justine make a well-constructed stack the whole way along, slow but steady. It comes down to the last tires, but one final fall from Derek and Shannon leads to Enzo and Justine winning. Justine now has won three eliminations this season. Enzo redeems himself for not swinging and Shannon and Derek say their goodbyes. You cannot show weakness on the challenge. That is where I want to start with the storylines of this episode. There was a lot going on. The most people involved in the story of the episode, probably of any episode this season, outside of maybe the first one where they tried to give us a little bit of a backstory on as many people as possible. But as far as how many people are directly involved, possibly could go into elimination, you know, putting up a good showing at the Daily Challenge is a part of the strategic conversations. We had a whole lot of people. So to narrow that down, 
down, I want to focus on a couple specific stories and ideas from this show. And the first one, the obvious one, the one that should be obvious to all of the people in this game, even if they are folks who have never played the challenge before, possibly not even watched the challenge. They've done other shows, and I know we're about to talk about a bunch of people. Two of the three we're about to talk about are from Love Island, where maybe it's not you know as much of a game as it is. They were there for genuine love and to find their soulmate and their partner, but they were also there to make good television and think through a little bit and possibly win some money, and now they agreed to do the challenge. They, they should know what they're getting themselves into, and the first one of the first rules they should know is that in a competition of any sorts, let alone the challenge, you cannot show your weaknesses. You do not put your weakness on display. It will be taken advantage of. There is a bunch of savages in this house and any challenge house that are just looking for the easy outs, the easy people to eliminate, to advance themselves further in the game all the way to the end you cannot show your weakness. And three people this week showed their weaknesses. Some temporary weaknesses, others clearly possible long-term weaknesses. But we start with Shannon. Shannon takes a horrible fall during the Daily Challenge, a Daily Challenge which we will possibly talk about more at length later. But if we don't, just shout out Great Daily Challenge, Flashbacks War of the Worlds won the challenge where Polly. Dove headfirst from 30 feet in the air, gave himself a possible concussion and ends up getting purged right before the final on a season he had been dominating. It very much reminded me of, you know, climbing up on the containers, swinging the cargo nets, the whole thing of that challenge back from War of the Worlds. Loved, loved, loved everything about this daily. Did not love, though, that Shannon takes a fall, which looked like a bad fall. She was not the only one to fall from, you know, trying to climb from the top of the container down below it and just falls off into the net below, which a net with big holes in it is an awkward thing to catch you. You can get limbs stuck in it. Very, very dangerous stuff. Surprised only one person out of the three or four, at least that we saw take bad falls got hurt doing so, but Shannon gets hurt. And then she announces her injury from right up there in the moment. She says it out loud. Everyone on land hears and is like, ooh, that looked bad. And now she's confirming that it was bad, that something bad happened. And then she's kind of limping her way through the rest of it. Bad idea. That is not a good thing to do. The second you look injured in the challenge house, you're going into elimination because one, whoever else is there is going to desperately want to go against you because you're injured. Or two, everyone else in the house in this scenario especially is looking around and all the guys are thinking, hey, I haven't been partnered with Shannon yet. She's hurt. She's going to suck at challenges, but she's not being told she has to leave. I don't want to be with her. I can't take that chance. And there's only, you know, the few of us that possibly could be with her left. We don't want any chance about that. We need to get her out of there. And in general, Everyone else just trying to survive sees a weak player and says, there's our easy out. There's who can go home this week. And that isn't me. I advance further. That's all I'm trying to do every single week. So you cannot announce an injury like that as hard as it may be. If you suffer an injury on this show, you've got to quickly just be like, no, there's nothing. Uh, they told me, oh, they, there's some tape on it. The, the medic just made me do it. You know, that uh, it's fine. I'm running fine. 
I do appreciate that she seems to, she comes around to this idea. She realizes that this is a thing. So she tries to make up for it in what turns into a nominee for the moment of the week. Her and Derek, her partner for this week, lay out in the, you know, in the courtyard area that seems to be the common strategizing laying. They've got the double wide, uh, you know, cabana chair type chairs for them to lay on. And they make a plan to play it off. You know, maybe we go do a little stretch. Maybe we go do a little workout. Maybe we throw a little sass in there and get people off of our trail. Honestly, was like, if you're hurt, like nobody wants to hurt a partner. And I was like, I know. So like anybody that's been asking like how I am, I'm just like, fine. After this conversation, let's just go in there in the gym and like stretch and like people can like see us like working together. Yeah. And, like see you like being mobile. And I mean, that's gotten me out of elimination. What? What injury? What are you talking about? Like, it never happened. Just, like, put on my workout outfit. <laughs> like, damn, she's toned. And just, like, they're a little sass, and people just don't want to do with it. <laughs> Incredible stuff from the two of them, and yes, so Shannon does realize her mistake, but it ultimately will prove too late. She's given out the evidence she's told the crowd of the weakness that exists she tries to maybe hide it afterwards but it doesn't happen then we've got another person showing her weakness does a little bit better job of hiding it though and that is kira who gets super sick this episode claims to have been up all night vomiting does the daily challenges clearly well not just from the horrible fall but you can tell you can hear in her voice she's a little you know sniffly in the moment she definitely doesn't have the energy she looks like her face looks like a person who's trying to kind of grimace through uh, uh, being very sick and trying to hide it it's kind of obvious that she's clearly trying to hide that maybe she doesn't feel that great especially given she is partnered with Tyson in a challenge that involves water and climbing so normally a very happy seeming person bright spirited person who's partnered with the best person there for this challenge you'd probably think that they're in a little better mood for the daily challenge so clearly something's up but she does a decent job of hiding uh doesn't tell anyone except justine and possibly tyson which i first had the question of did she even tell tyson did her partner know can confirm the answer to that is yes. Uh, no, I am not good buddies with Tyson Apostle, which would be great if I was, but I'm just a paid subscriber to his uh, Instagram chat account that anyone out there, if you're listening and want to throw some questions at Tyson after an episode every week, uh, you can pay $5 a month to do just that, I assume, for the remainder of the show. But send him those questions last night in his group chat. He did respond and say he did, in fact, know about Kira's illness the whole time, but thought that she was good enough to be able to compete and wasn't all that worried about it. So she hides it from everyone pretty well, except for her partner and her best friend who can bring her those massive jugs of water. What where, What are these water bottles that these people have? That water bottle she's holding and cradling, that thing is like a 60, 80 ounce, I don't know how big water bottle, but uh, God bless Justine for taking care of her partner at a time when Justine knows she's going in to elimination because her partner showed his weakness in a huge way. That is our third and final person who showed a weakness. And this one isn't a temporary one. This one isn't a, I popped an injury here or I got sick here. This one maybe will come back to continually bite Enzo, who will not jump. You got to jump, dude. You came on the challenge. What are you thinking? I know you did Big Brother before. I know you keep saying you're the old guy there, but... 
what did you think was going to happen? Have you never seen the show? Had you never, never even thought about what this was or thought that there was other reality competition series out there? Did they ask you to do the challenge and you didn't even ask what that was? Because doing stuff over water, trying to make people fall from high places over water, what else is the challenge about if not that? That is all TJ wants to do. That is all production wants to do is make people fall from high places into water, preferably in a spinning horrible horrible fashion. Horrifying is the word I was trying to go there. Third time's a charm. Horrifying fashion so that they can put it on slow-mo for all of us to watch and listen to TJ's laugh in the background with. That's all they want. You're going to be doing lots of jumping and moving around at high altitudes above water. You're going to be needing to swing for a time from time time to time. And Enzo won't do it. His partner, Justine, does it. I'm actually quite impressed. Justine misses the landing, swings all the way back, and is able to get herself back on the original platform, which takes a lot of strength to hold on for that long. More on Justine coming up. But Enzo won't even try the jump. And for that, he shows his weakness, that he can easily just give up on something, that he can't face all of his fears. And that makes you the layup, bro. You don't want to be positioned as the layup in the house. You don't want to be positioned as the team that, oh, they won't even do everything. Enzo probably won't even do it. They'll just DQ or they'll give up or they don't care to be here that much. They don't have that fire burning in the pit of their stomach like the rest of us do. You become an instant target. And the only thing that could be good of it is maybe you become the I'm saving this person for the end target for when I need a target. And maybe that gets you by a week or two because the right people win the next dailies and want to keep you for if they end up in there. But really, it ends up meaning that one, again, this game, every partner switches every week. I don't see a lot of the females wanting to be your partner anymore. You were already the old guy. You had proven yourself a solid athlete, a solid guy. It seems like everyone's getting along with you. But now you're the guy who might just say, hey, we'll just go to elimination. I don't want to do that. I'm scared of that. No one wants to be partnered with that. And the rest of the guys in the house might now look at you as the layup. That cannot happen. So three people, all in different ways. Yes, only one of them ends up eliminated at the end of the day. But... A lot of different strategies in, of trying to hide or not show or just totally be open about your weaknesses in the game, be them fears, things that are going to be there from start to finish, new sicknesses, Ill, uh, injuries, things that pop up and are going to come and go. You cannot show your weakness in a challenge house. It's going to come back to bite you. It does for Shannon here. It nearly does for Enzo and for Kira. It really probably would have, if not for Shannon, going a step further in full-blown suffering an injury. So that keeps her in the game. But do not show your weakness in the challenge house. That's just challenge 101. Second story to talk about was an interesting conflict of strategy from our two winners on the day, Desi and David. Their strategy very much at odds, or at least should have been. We don't get to spend a ton of time with them because they, uh, even as the winners and what went into their decision-making process, because we have so much else going on, we got to check in with Derek and Shannon and Kira and Tyson and Justine and Enzo and everything else that was going on. Sarah and Ben over here fuming about Tyson and that little Cold War slash Hot War. I don't know, is, is as of last week, is it a Hot War? Is it back to a Cold War? I don't know how those terminologies 
work. But we're talking about Desi and David anyways, because in this moment, they get the win. That is huge. That is wonderful for both of them. David gets to fully step into the spotlight. No longer the zero confessional man. He's back in a big way. He's popping off. He's got a cool Under Armour hat. He's got an outfit change in the confessional booth. The whole thing, as does Desi, who moves up the personal power rankings back again. Just love Desi so much. But they win, and then they realize they have a decision to make, and that decision that they have to make, they should be, and I think they are, but we just maybe don't get to see as much of it from David, but I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and say that they are at odds because they end up making the correct decision from Desi's point of view, and she is correct in how she explains that decision. It would not be smart for us to be the first winners to take out other winners. I just want to stay out of the drama. Keep the winners happy. It's simple. You don't go for the other winners. That circle that becomes a stronger and stronger alliance that you have now joined by being the newest winner to say, hey, everyone that's won before, you're all good in my book because I want to be good in your book. We've all got money. They want that money. We ain't going to let anyone get that money because all of us are going to keep winning. And when we do, we are not going to pick each other. Nope, not going to do it because that, as Tyson has said in previous weeks very astutely, uh, is that a word? I just made up a word, maybe. No, I think that's actually a word. Anyways, we're not going to edit that out. And so Desi realizes, hey, I want to be a part of that group. I want to be a part of these winners because on her side of things, on the female side of things, there isn't necessarily the clear favorite. Maybe you would say Angela, and I think from our perspective as viewers, we are being led to believe that one way or the other by the edit and by her performance because she's kicking ass. But I think maybe in the house, uh, there's a little more all the women now in the winner's circle feel like, eh, yeah, we're all you know on pretty solid footing here on pretty equal ground. And Desi also as thinking of even if she wanted to be like, hey, I need to go for the top woman here, and that's Angela. Angela's with Dominic, another survivor guy who has Desi's back, who we've heard from both of them. They've, you know, they've got a pretty solid alliance and friendship there. So she's not gonna go for Angela and Dominic. And she's not going to go for a winner because for her, she wants to keep Tyson and Kylan in the game. Those are the only two you know, male winners up until this uh, episode. She wants them to be around because she would love to be partnered with one of those two at the end. And she would love those two who keep winning everything to have her back and know that she did something for them. So from Desi's point of view, it makes total sense. She's on the female side of things, but on David's side, the male side, he should take a shot at Tyson. What the hell are you doing? Throw Tyson in there. His teammate is sick. Justine and Enzo are a solid team. They could very well beat them. Get him out of the game. He's going to beat you, David. Just, ah, yes, uh, yes. Uh, I just covered everything I need to cover in a few brief seconds there. But on David's side of things, yes, it feels he has the same thing of, I've joined the winner's circle now. It's only Kyland and Tyson on the male side. That's pretty cool. There's only three of us that can even run this final. But both of them guys are going to probably beat you. I can't say that for sure. You know, we've only got six episodes of evidence for these three folks, at least from my point of view, not having watched their other seasons, really. But they're going to beat you, bro. And you got a shot to take out Tyson, who is clearly the most dominant player in the game. And he is, again, as I just said, He's got a partner who is sick, not 100%, 
and there's a team in the elimination that's worthy enough to be able to take him out, to take a good team out, because they themselves are a good team who has proven themselves repeatedly in this game. Justine's proven herself. Enzo has at least showed he's a solid competitor when it doesn't include a rope swing, as it turns out. Get the clear number one contender out of there. That should have been David. He should have been pushing and pushing and pushing for that. And he could have went as far as gained a lot of leverage by doing so by saying, hey, Desi, I get it. You don't want to do that. But here's the thing. We can go to Sarah and Ben, and we can get them to owe us. We can be aligned with them. We can go to some of the other, uh, pretty much any of the guys in the house and say, hey, how would you feel, you know, honestly about Tyson not being here? They would all say, hey, if I don't have to do it and he's not here, that's the best thing in the world. That would get them a lot of people on their sides. And I feel like there's a way he maybe could have, you know, pushed and pushed and gotten Desi to go with his side if that was, in fact, his side. But you've got to take your shot. We talked about this last week, two weeks ago, very recently on this podcast. In this house, if you get a shot, take your shot. You don't know how many you're going to get. If the main big bad of the season, the obvious front runner of the season, is vulnerable and available to go into elimination, Put him or her in elimination. Get them out of the house. Desi wins out on the strategy. She clearly won the negotiating, manipulating, or power struggle between those two. She got her way. And again, her assessment from her side of things, spot on perfect, would have done the exact same thing. Proud of her for seeing the chessboard so clearly and for winning if she even had to that, you know, that negotiation with David to go her route over his. But David... You got to take that shot, bro. Anyways, moving on to our next and final storyline, and that's Justine absolutely killing it. We got to give her her props, give her her flowers. A few episodes back, when David and Justine won an elimination, uh, we talked about the very fun, uh, you know, very awesome to see David pumping up Justine after that, but that it was kind of funny. He goes on his little rant after they win and is like, yo, you got to respect Justine. Look at this resume. She's got a better resume than half the people that have played this game ever because she's won one a limb and one daily. And we were like, hey, that's really cool that you're talking to your partner up. She deserves it. She's kicking some ass, but Let's calm down about her resume being so amazing because she won one elimination on a season of the challenge. There's hundreds of people who have won an elimination on the season seasons of the challenge. But you know what? There's not. There's not a lot of people who've went three and O in an eliminations on a season of the challenge, let alone on their rookie season of the challenge. So Justine is absolutely starting to put up a big, big, big time rookie resume. I know everyone in this house is a rookie this season, so it's a little bit different than saying rookie any other time, but regardless, it's her rookie season, and she's killing it, crushing it, all the good positive adjectives. She is doing it, and with those three elimination wins, she's obviously chasing, I'm sure it's not a record that her or anyone wants to go for, but she is chasing the record held by Sarah Wes and Casey, Sarah Grayson from The Gauntlet, of course. Wes and Casey from Fresh Meat. One, of course, who have all went 5-0 and in eliminations in one season. No one has ever tied that or done better than that. 
Obviously, of those two, Sarah Grayson gets the tiebreaker because she also won her season. Team-based, sure, but big, big part of that team-based win. Then we got Leroy from Battle of the X's to Laurel on free agents who have both gone 4-0 and in eliminations before. We've had a bunch of people go 3-0. and I personally, it comes to mind right away, Frank and Jillian, both the America's most boring couple, according to Tyler Duckworth, on from the Gauntlet 3. I'm just re-watching that season uh right now, yesterday, and today. So that one comes to mind. But people that have gone 3-0 and or better in eliminations, it has happened 31 times in the history of the challenge that someone has won three eliminations in one single season. So that's out of hundreds and hundreds of people that have played this game and tried and lost in many eliminations or been voted out or whatever. So Justine is already entering pretty rarefied air, pretty upper echelons to join a group and be the 32nd person who has ever done this. But of those 31 people ahead of this, let's try to guess how Justine will fare the rest of the season. It's incredibly impressive. You get your 3-0, happened 31 times before. Also, those are counting redemption wins, which is a cup two, three, four people in there that if you don't want to count redemption elimination wins, then fine. Maybe that 31 is actually like 28, but I digress. 20 of those 31 people did not lose an elimination at any point. Um, 11 of them eventually would lose an elimination, would go back into a fourth or fifth and lose at some point. But of those 31, 18 of them made the final, nine of them won the final. And so that means that, you know, based on historical data, Justine, nine out of 31, you basically got a 30% chance of winning this whole thing right now. You basically got a 60% chance of making that final if you survive and advance through three eliminations. So she joined some rarefied air. She's absolutely killing it, proving herself to be one of the strongest females in the house, strongest players in the game, period. And I'm now a little worried that I didn't predict her to make a final, um, but she's definitely moving up the power rankings on the female side of the game. So hats off to Justine. Big time ups. Absolutely, absolutely killing it. Let's hand out some awards, shall we? A couple awards to get to here. Quote, moment, episode MVP. We start with quote. We've got three nominees. We kick it off chronologically with Danny who we've commented on multiple times throughout the season. It's become a fad. It's become a a big, big thing. All the rage on the Twitters. Everyone's talking about it. That is Kiki. Of course, Danny just won't stop. It's clearly a, a bit of some sort, and I love every single second of it, but every single episode, the production team, I also applaud for being in on the bit clearly and putting these in there, but every single episode, his first confessional, if not multiple confessionals, he's got to talk about his wife, Kiki. She's in on the joke off of the show too, or not the joke, obviously he's loving and supporting of her, but clearly, let's be honest, at this point, it's a bit, but He talks about her again here, and at some point, we've got to nominate one of them for the quote of the week. This one was fantastic. He's got to jump off, you know, the container and do all the stuff. He's a little scared of it, but he reminds him of a trip he took with Kiki where she got him prepared for this show. Take it away, Danny. I'm playing for my wife, Kiki, and right now I'm thinking of the time that we went to Jamaica and we jumped off the cliff, and she did it, so I had to do it. Shout out to you, Kiki, for taking me to Jamaica to make sure that I was prepared for the challenge. 
Next up, we've got Shannon, who was just absolutely eating it up this show. She was fan-fantastic. More on that in a moment. But in this singular moment, we're going to talk about one quote in particular. Hide your kids. Hide your wife. Classic callback to one of the all-time original classic YouTube videos. Loved that. Loved it. Here we go from her. Hide your kids. Hide your wife. We're coming for blood, baby. And third and final nominee, TJ, never one to stray from getting in the mix for the awards, for quotes and moments and whatnot. He gets in the mix here when he's just having a great time this season all around, and he's really uh, doing a little bit more ad-libbing and in the moment communicating. Maybe that's just this is new CBS TJ. They told him, like, hey, you're allowed to have a little, you know, you're allowed to do whatever you want. We'll just edit it out if we don't like it or whatever. But he messes with Enzo a little bit. He kind of... Uh, chides him a little. They get into the arena. They're about to start, and he lets him know, don't worry, bro. No swings here. Good news is there's no rope swings. That's dead. I like that. I like that. They had one here, but I took it out. Thank God. Good luck, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Those are your three nominees, and we've got to give it to Danny. Just This is is an award specifically for this quote, sure, but it's really – a full seasons, a full body of work award, you know, a career award for all of the Kiki references, the entire bit at large. He's got to get the best quote of the week. He does so here. We then move to best moment of the week. We talked about one of them, Shannon and Derek, uh, making their strategy to hide Shannon's injury. Loved everything about that. That is nominee number one. We played that for you already. The second one, then, my guy Leo, cat guy Leo, overcoming his fear to jump in the water. He tells this story. He explains his hesitancy on the jumping into the water. It makes way more sense why he had to climb in versus jump in back a challenge or two ago. He makes the most random Shaq Kobe reference that I don't fully understand. TJ gives him his props. The whole thing is just wonderful. Leo, Kayla, you ready? Get it done. Yes, I had a traumatizing incident. I almost drowned as a kid when I fell off a boat. So yeah, I have a fear of falling into the water. There, I said it. Now everyone knows my secret. Come on, Leo, jump. Push through the fear. You can do it, bro. After that start, I didn't think there's a chance in hell you're going to do that. Good job, man. Is he in that moment saying that he and TJ are Shaq and Kobe? Is he and Kayla Shaq and Kobe? Is Leo himself Shaq and Kobe at the same time? Is Leo Shaq in his cat alternative persona Kobe? I don't know how it works, but I loved every second of it. Regardless, and then third and final, uh, moment of the episode is the winner of the best moment of the episode. That's the end of the elimination. It's an absolute nail biter. We haven't talked about the elimination at all, but it's a, it's a fantastic one. Does the fake out totally work? Eh, 
not really, especially from the edited version, when they don't say the name of the challenge and they kind of just seem like they're rushing into it, but there's time left on the clock. Obviously, there's going to be something to happen. It's fine, but I actually like the challenge in and of itself, just a pure endurance with a slight bit of strategy that's kind of hidden strategy that does end up costing Derek and Shannon the end of the elimination. TJ loses it. I've never heard him get so excited at the end of elimination. That whole segment and moment is all absolutely grade A, great stuff. Derek and Shannon are in the lead, but now they have to worry about stacking these tires. If Derek does leave, I just lost my number one, my untouchable. Stack! Stack, Derek! This is it! Be careful! It all goes down to this! Congratulations. TJ just really, I mean, getting hyped up, uh, cheering. At least he's kind of cheering for everyone in that moment or, you know, hyping everyone up. He's not picking a side, which he has done a couple times in the past. That takes us then to our episode MVP. And while TJ obviously maybe should be nominated, there's a bunch of people who had great episodes. So TJ doesn't even make the list. Our top five are David. Obviously, big spotlight coming into it. Uh, You know, he's had three no-show episodes before and one barely show episode but when he's won an elimination when he's won a daily he's got the spotlight put on him and he's done well with it i've enjoyed everything we've gotten from david he's in fifth desi in fourth also the win some fantastic outfits changes in the uh the confessional booth it's always interesting to see at what point of the season who starts to have some outfit changes maybe that signals they make it a little further than the episode we are watching but desi fantastic episode as we talked about got the strategy win over her partner david all good stuff. Tyson comes in third. Even when he's not in a limb, even when he's not winning the daily, he is still the focus of damn near everyone in the house and damn near the entire show, as he should be. It's fascinating stuff. It's interesting stuff. He comes in third place. Enzo comes in second place in the MVP voting. He doesn't swing. He redeems himself and wins the elimination. We talked about before, though. That's not a good strategy to go about. Those eliminations are crapshoots. You damn near lost this one to an injured competitor. And speaking of that injured competitor, she is our MVP of this episode because Shannon absolutely kills it this episode absolutely eats it up every time she is on the screen she had multiple quotes and confessionals that we probably could have nominated for best quote she had multiple funny moments that could have been the moment of the episode she is obviously you know thrown in the elimination and loses and that's a bummer but she goes out in style she goes out with some grit and absolutely loved having her on this season when I wasn't sure she was one of the ones in my kind of after week one column of, I don't know if I'm totally vibing with this by the end of the run. Absolutely vibing with a great, great television, wonderful personality and presence on the show. And she is the MVP of her final episode of this season of The Challenge. That then brings us to our power rankings. Update on the personal power rankings, just who I'm rooting for, who I've come to absolutely love and adore of this brand new, to me, cast of characters this season. Danny remains at top, but a slight shakeup, two and three switch. 
Desi moves back into the two slot, Angela in the third slot, uh, just based on the win this week. But those three are definitely the three people I have come to enjoy the most on this season, and I'm definitely rooting forward to win. As for the actual in-game power rankings, the stuff that really matters, not just my personal subjective biases, but the objective truth of the game on the female side, Angela continues to hold it down as the top threat to win this whole thing. On the female side, she's got to be number one. Desi goes from three to two. She finally shows what we thought was there the whole time, shows off some of that athletic ability, that strategic ability, all in one episode. She moves up from three to two. And into number three, we move Justine. Last week, Sarah was in number two. She falls all the way out of this. She's just got such a huge target, and clearly everyone doesn't like her. So that's a problem. That bumps you out of the top three justine moves in three elimination wins plus a daily challenge win she's winning everything proving herself and because of all of those wins not only has she kept herself in the game but she's made an incredible amount of solid ties in the house all the people that she's won with appreciate that uh she's in that winner circle that's you know outside of getting dq'd seems to be safe to avoid the elimination again moving forward and she's just proven herself to be a force to be reckoned with she moves up into third on the male side no changes at all i don't see a lot of change coming to this one tyson danny kyland those three are, you know, just proven, you know, I know the Danny thing maybe is a little bit of bias for me. Maybe it should be Tyson, Kyland, and then throw Danny in third. But I just like where all three of those are sitting, both from how dominant they've been or where they are in the social hierarchy of the house from Danny's point of view and his obvious athletic background. So those are your three on the power rankings for the men. As for our predictions, we took another hit this week. We lost Derek. We thought Derek would be a finalist. We've now lost three of the original 10 finalists that we thought there would be. We added Justine and Ben in after that. So we technically got nine of the 12 people we predicted would make the finals are still up in the air here. Uh, Survivor player won a daily challenge. So we're two out of four since making that prediction that they'd win every single time. But the last two in a row, so we're feeling a little better about that one, that we didn't get it as wrong as we thought. But we did super get wrong last week. We added that Derek would be the winning team this week that he was going to get. We said, quote, feels like he is going to get really involved. He got involved by losing an elimination, not winning a daily challenge. So got that one wrong. As for joining, adding one this week, look, obviously Tyson versus Ben and Sarah, that's going to be a major storyline until it is resolved. And I am going to go ahead and predict that it will be resolved by Tyson winning the battle with Sarah getting her eliminated, and that Ben will avoid getting hit by any shrapnel, that Ben still very well could make the final, that this is going to be a Tyson versus Sarah thing. Sarah's going to bear the brunt of the war with Tyson. She's going to be the loser of that war, and then when it's over, Ben and Tyson will be able to make nice and say, hey, it was about her, not you, and let's you know, let's be friendly the rest of the way out. So that is our newest and final added, not final, just our newest prediction, final Thing topic for this week's show. So episode six in the books, Challenge USA. Really still continuing to enjoy this season. I hope you are too. The ratings have been dipping a little bit week over week. So it seems like slowly but surely some people are tuning out. 
I don't see why. Uh, it's it's really good stuff in my book. It's a great season of the challenge thus far. Loving everything about it. Glad TJ's loving it so much. Love seeing TJ having a good time, which he clearly is. And we've got a lot of interesting storylines going into you know the next, I don't know, half of the season. Who knows how many episodes this is going to be, but we're certainly somewhere around the halfway point, if not already there. So a lot to look forward to. As we stated at the top of this podcast, we will be back every week, Wednesday night, Thursday morning, with these Challenge USA recaps. We've got the Gauntlet 3 full season rewatch and recap coming this Friday in a couple days. We've got some player career retrospectives coming over the next couple weeks while I'm off on vacation. So a lot of good stuff coming. Hit that subscribe, follow button, wherever you may be listening. And as we have said over and over and over, if you want to get in touch, if you've got questions, comments about this podcast, things you think could be better, things you're really enjoying and want to see more of, or you just don't have anyone to talk the challenge with in your life and want to banter about it, want to pop off some of your opinions, who knows? You got a great hot take. I might give you credit and use it here on this very platform. So hit me up at Challenge Historian on Instagram if you want to chat the challenge anytime. Check all those messages. Respond to everyone as long as you don't just tell me that I suck. If you just say, hey, you suck, probably not going to respond to that one. You know how it goes. So thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. I will talk to you again soon. Until then, have a good one. Peace.